Next on BYU Sports Nation, in linebackers we trust. But who's leading that group for the Cougars in 2015's gauntlet of a schedule? BYU and NFL linebacker Brian Keel gives us his pick to lead the way. Maybe it's sophomore Fred Warner. Both join us live in studio. Plus a Hall of Fame experience for a Cougar footballer and game day for BYU baseball and softball. Just win. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Thursday, May 14th. Thursday. 2015, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who will have a hashtag on his tombstone one day. Jerem Jordan. That was a that was a, a joke in our pre-show meeting. Was would one of us have hashtag BYUSN? On it? No, no. Will that become a thing? Seriously, does that become a thing? Who know? Who knows, man? Who knows, uh, man? I wouldn't put it past anybody in our society. I'd be I'd be shocked if it isn't already there. How much Twitter is? I bet up. someone's done it. Yeah, there's yeah, probably someone, a hashtag. Someone's done it. Hey, uh, speaking of social media, you tweeted out something that you saw on Instagram last night from Harvey Longy. Okay, it's not every day you get to stand in and get measured for an NFL Hall of Famer. And someone who's of note to your race. You know yes. what I mean? Like, like Junior Seau meant a lot um, to a lot of people. They um, measured Harvey for his NFL Hall of Fame Here's what he bust. said, yeah. Harvey Longy Instagrammed the following. It's an honor to fill in for Junior Seau today. I was measured for measurements for his Hall of Fame sculptor, sculpture. Much love to his family and high respects for the legacy he left for all athletes. I don't know how Harvey Longy was chosen for this, but what an honor. And there, I, I don't know the guy's name, but I believe he's a local guy that is the sculptor for many of the busts that are in Canton uh, in the Hall of Fame. And I've been there, and it's an amazing thing to see all these busts. And Harvey Longy's face is the measurement for Junior Seau's. That's How cool really is that? really cool. Now, hopefully he can play half as well or a fourth as well as Junior Seau this year because that guy was really good, and Harvey Longy could be really good. That means a lot to Harvey and to the Seau family. I had an opportunity cool. to, uh, to cover Junior Seau's jersey retirement at the San Diego Chargers game when I was working in California. It was an amazing situation. Was this posthumously or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was a very emotional day. And oh, so, for sure. Very cool thing for Harvey to get to experience that. And you mentioned the, the Polynesian ties right there. Also, this first tweet in from our good friend at UCLA Grad 90. It's been a while. Proud Nicole, BYU Sports Nation member and mother of Jamal Williams. Hello, yeah. Nicole. She says, quote, I've been so busy with Jayla's senior year in track. Just watched a month of episodes. And, oh, by the way, she says, I ran track at UCLA with Diamond Thomas's dad. <laughs> wow, what a connection. <laughs> what a connection between those two. That's cool. Shout out to Nicole. That's really cool stuff. Our conversation live 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. And be a part of BYU Sports Nation. Members, new or old, always welcome. Which BYU linebacker will have the biggest impact this year? Maybe it'll be Harvey Longy. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Maybe Fred Warner, who will join us coming up. At Justin D. Sweeney, he's a reg. Kyle, I mean, Fred Warner and the beast, Harvey Longy, will have a breakout season in the middle. Thankfully, BK 
at DN. Bronson Kofusia, defenseman. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, and we heard from Kelly Papinga that there will be situations where Bronson is in a linebacker position, but I would imagine he's going to get the majority of the work at the defensive end position. He's a good defensive end. Yeah. It, it depends. What's the effectiveness of those linebackers? We'll break it down, the linebacking group, and today's a linebacker show. Brian Keel on the show, Fred Warner. It's going to be awesome. Who's the guy? Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. What else are we talking You're about? the guy. It's game day. Softball at number two ranked Oregon, eight Eastern, six Mountain on the Pac-12.com. It's the NCAA Regional in Eugene. Beat the Ducks. Let's go. Hey, that's Come a, on, ladies. That's a big game. If they win the first game... That really helps them because it's double elimination, four teams, one team gets out of the regional. Fresno State, North Dakota State. BYU's gotten out of the regional one time. This will be the second. You know who they beat to get out of the regional? Tejas, I believe, yep, right? Texas. Yeah, Texas. <laughs> Baseball against Santa Clara tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio. BYU needs two wins to lock up a WCC tournament uh, berth. And so game one of three, you can listen to that tonight, 9 Eastern. I'm getting greedy. I want them to be the two or the three seed. Yes, because then you avoid San Diego yeah. first. Similar to what BYU has with Oregon here, a little bit. Uh, one team gets out, 14. Yeah, same situation. BYU men's soccer lost 4-2 to two in penalty kicks against Harpo's FC last night in the U.S. Open Cup after two hours of scoreless soccer. Is there anything better than that? I went to the whole game, by the way. After 90, the, the question was, do we need to go home for our two-year-old to go to bed or not? She was wide awake. So we stayed, scoreless soccer again, and then it went to PKs, and unfortunately, BYU had one blocked and then missed one. So Harpos, uh, which I was told when I talked to some of them, were basically a beer league team in Colorado, and they came in and beat BYU. They upset BYU. That stinks, because that was the third U.S. Open Cup tournament, this national oh. tournament for BYU, and they lost. Down That's too Harpos. bad. Hey, good, luck in, the, good luck in the next round, guys. I had to listen to this all game. Let's go, Harpos! The whole game. It's like, oh, why did I sit right here? Yeah. <laughs> he could have moved. Harpoos! Hey, men's volleyball with a uh, new former player on the coaching staff, Jerem. Lucas Slabe, Slovenian, played for BYU 2000 2003. He replaces the retired Mike Wilton. Rise and shout on that note. Welcome to Luke. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Lining up the linebackers for 2015. Listen, BYU football has a proven track record of success at the linebacker position. In 10 years under Bronco Mendenhall, listen to this list. Cameron Jensen, Brian Keel, David Nixon, Kyle Van Noy, Spencer Hadley, Wani Unga, Alani Fua. Okay. It's a pretty good list. Now, on signing day, Bronco told us about the importance of having a key linebacker. Yeah, not, not the outside backers. At Insight, who is the guy? And that's what we need. And so we're hoping that these next generation of linebackers, when they come in, it's, oh, he's going to be the guy. Now, he specifically pointed out the inside linebacker because the defense is set up for that guy to be the leading tackle. Specifically the Mike linebacker. Very busy. Wani Unga was that guy when he had like 417 tackles. Yeah, it was close to that. Okay. So 143. Who, who's the guy? Whether, I mean, if it's inside, which Bronco designated, but maybe, maybe the playmaker is outside like Kyle Van Noy was. To me, the playmakers are the outside linebackers, the Will and Sam, weak side, strong side. And then you have the two insides, the Buck and the, uh, and the Mike. Those two gobble up a lot of the tackles. On the outsides, they're the ones getting the tackles for losses more. They're the ones with uh, interceptions and whatnot. And so 
they have two different roles. The one that Broncos is alluding to is, yeah, the inside linebacker. And BYU did not have a leading tackler be the inside linebacker this year. In fact, uh, it was, what, five of the seven were not linebackers. How about that? This year. And four of the five were not linebackers. Very uh, Zach, against the grain. Yes. Zach Stout, I believe, was fourth on the team in tackles. BYU lost its top three tacklers. And that it's tough because you need – when BYU is good, Andrew Rich led BYU in, in uh, tackles, and that was a pretty good team still. But typically, you need a guy at inside linebacker that's the guy. And Bronco alluded to, he wants someone to be the guy. Who not is platoon it? platoon it. Who is it? I mean, it was a platoon of guys last year. That's our Twitter question. Who's going to have the next impact, right? At linebacker. The bottom line is the key to BYU's overall defensive success on a year-in and year-out basis are the linebackers. They carry the banner and the flag into battle. I feel every like this game. is newsies or something. Carry in the banner for us all. <laughs> carry the banner, Harvey Longy. Okay, so we're asking that question. Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Only two of the top five tacklers on last year's defense, Jerem, were linebackers. The other three were defensive backs. There's, that can't be good. For a BYU defense under Bronco Mendenhall. You need more from those linebackers. Part of, part of what happened had to do with injuries, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zero. BYU had zero defensive players who started all 13 games last season. To me, that screams two things. One, injuries. And two, figuring out who the right people are at the right positions. Continuity. Continuity, yes. So BYU had a lot of different people playing at a lot of different times all over the season. Unfortunately, injuries played a huge role. Alani Fua, Bronson Kafusi, Zach Stout. All linebackers. Craig Bills. That's part of the reason BYU goes on this four-game losing streak is because obviously all those ankle injuries and everything happened. That was a bummer. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, the biggest of those. But Alani Fua and Craig Bills were your two big stud leaders. They got hurt. So next year, hopefully you're more healthy. The wind trick effect. You don't have soft tissue issues. But, more, but once you're healthy, making plays with, with guys that were, you, were inexperienced and now are not. Okay, now before I get your answer, Jerem, and, and I want you to answer the question, who is your guy? And I'll give you mine. Let's talk about the caliber of athlete that it requires to be the guy. And I think some people are like, whoa, special players, Kyle Van Noy, uh, Spencer Hadley, David Nixon, Brian Keel. Okay, those are the playmakers. They, they make the noise. They get the sacks. They make the big plays, interceptions, whatever. But maybe BYU doesn't need an NFL-caliber guy to be the person that Bronco Mendenhall is talking about. Although that's nice because I just saw an awesome tweet from Guy Holiday. This is four minutes ago. Every college player should train to play in the NFL. Chase your goals and be prepared for when the ball stops. So he's talking about NFL and trying to get education. It's nice if you have those guys, but... Shane Hunter, Matt Bauman, uh, even Juan Yunga to a degree. Brandon not, Ogletree. Not yet. Brandon Ogletree. Uh, Unga's with the Giants, but he hasn't quite played yet. Those were guys that weren't your atypical, uh, super flashy playmakers, the Brian Keels, the Kyle Van Noys, right? Guys that were inside linebackers that made plays. So my answer to this question it easily could be Fred Warner. I'm going to go with Austin Heater. Wow. Zone leader heater, as Michael Lisa told us his nickname is in the locker room. I think that he is a guy in the mold of Ogletree, Bauman, those guys. Jordan Pendleton. Where you may look at him versus Harvey Longy and go, Harvey Longy appears to be the better athlete. Why isn't he the guy, per se, at that position? But I, I think that Heater is a guy that 
Uh, knows the defense, does what coaches ask, going to be a solid tackler. That's the guy that BYU needs in the middle. Okay. I like it. I like, I like the pick because, again, we're focusing on what Bronco Mendenhall has said. We and need what a we've guy. screamed for. We need a guy at that position to step up. Who's the one guy that you go, that is the, okay, one-on-one, uh, ball carry gets past the line, who's going to make the tackle? Zone leader heater, baby. Okay. <laughs> zone leader He's going to make sure they are baptizing in that zone. Now, I'm going to go with Harvey Longy because. And that's at the same position at the mic. They're competing. He, he's a year back. He's a year back. And I think that there is additional motivation. And, you know, it's, it has nothing to do with that he had this great, awesome, emotional, spiritual experience yesterday, you know, channeling his inner junior say out clearly. It, nothing to do with that. I think Harvey has been challenged and uh, the, by the coaches specifically to step it up. Okay, in some conversations I've had, they want a lot out of him, and they are pressing him to bring it. And it starts off the field. Longy and Pikula, two guys that we think are would-be starters, right? They did not play in spring for whatever reason. I have a huge issue with that. They need to be on the field and be ready, and whatever they're doing off the field, who cares? They need to be there August 8th when fall camp starts. And be ready to rock because this schedule needs the best of this defense. Now, the playmakers, I'm really excited, obviously, about Fred Warner. Okay. People say Kyle Van Noyle. I just say he's Fred Warner. I mean, dude can play. He's going to be good. Okay. Then there's Sione Takitaki, who apparently had the best spring ball of any of the linebackers, that according to Kelly Papinga. He told us that on the show April 4th. He made some great play. Central Florida, he had a great game. Linebackers matter, people. Who is the guy? Who's the man that breaks 100 tackles? Does BYU need that? I think they do. It doesn't have to be 100 per se, but you got to have, you got to have, who's, who's the main tackler in the middle? I don't want it to be a safety because that tells me where the ball is getting. Then there's the necessary disclaimer that we need to put out there each and every show we discuss football. Stay healthy. <laughs> Assuming okay. health. Okay. Who assumes injuries? Stay, stay healthy. Someone assume, Well, in game four, I think this guy's going to go. What? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Which BYU linebacker will have the biggest impact this year? At Reed underscore Crosby. Fred Warner and Taki Taki. Okay. The playmakers on the outside that can bring some flash. Bang. Boom. These two need to get out to the quarterback and get some sacks if the defense wants to improve. Now, on the ball pressure in football terms, not basketball, okay, and we're talking getting to the quarterback. BYU had a hard time doing that last year. Early in the season, they were decent, but later in the year, it struggled. Bronson Kafusi, if he's on the D-line, he's got to lead the way there. He's got to lead the way, and that D-line for BYU is very experienced. In fact, Bronco Mendenhall thinks the D-line is the least volatile position, he told us on this set. At MJ Orton says... Kafusi, that tough guy can't go down. Is he saying that he can't get injured? I, I, I agree. That's what I hope. He Keep was him injured on the last field. year with an ankle. Yeah. At T off underscore B underscore one. Nice. Off B one. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Warner will. BYU D funnels everything inside. Linebackers always have the biggest role. Now, he, now he's an outside linebacker. So he, he's not the one inside making those plays per se. 
Coming up in 20 Maybe minutes. Maybe he's funneling them. One of the candidates for the most impactful linebacker, Fred Warner, joins us live. But first, it's former linebacker standout Brian Kill making a return. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Baseball versus Santa Clara tonight. St. Clair, BYU Radio, 9 Eastern time. Game one of the three-game series for BYU. They need two wins to lock up the uh, at least a spot in the West Coast Conference Tournament. So huge game tonight, 9 Eastern time. Just win. Softball, baseball, game day. Let's go. BYU scored 33 runs. The last two games. Just score like eight <laughs> because the, the match number for BYU Baseball, seven or eight, if they score that many, they almost always win a game. And Thursday is you throw your ace, Colton Mahoney, on the mound tonight, I assume, for BYU. Get her done. Our Twitter question today, which BYU football linebacker will have the biggest impact this year at Taylor G. Pierce, says Fred Warner. He always seemed to be around the ball making big plays last year. That's a popular pick. And, and the sexy pick is an outside linebacker who is in the Van Noy, the Brian Keel, David Nixon role, right? The flash. Play, yes, the flash. One, one other angle is the inside linebacker that we've been talking about. Who's the, who's the guy in the middle that will be stout, pun intended? Zach Sal graduates. Yeah, it's me, Austin Heater, a guy that isn't, isn't flashy, but maybe he's the next Shane Hunter, Brandon Ogletree, Matt Bauman type. I don't know. Can the outside guys funnel everybody back into the middle? And there's this ongoing debate between the BYU linebacking core that, oh, well, Juan Yunga had 140 tackles because Kyle Van Noy and Spencer Hadley did all the real work. Well, Hadley moved from outside <laughs> to inside, I believe, that year. Yeah, there's, some, there's something to that. You know, we should settle that debate right now with one of the former BYU greats, NFL linebacker Brian Keel back at Studio B. Brian, welcome back to the set, man. I would just like to say that you hit the nail on the head there. All the tackles the inside guys get is because <laughs> the outside guys are doing their job. <laughs> That's fair. Let it be known. The inside guys should lead the team in tackles. And when they don't, what does that mean? Oh, they're just slacking. If they don't lead the team, they don't have 100-plus tackles. They are just slacking. So, la- so last year, was there slacking going on? Because four of the top well, five were corner- were, uh, sorry secondary players. Yeah, you don't, you don't want your top tacklers to be in the back end. That's just that's a bad combination. It's a recipe for disaster. It, it, it's, a, it's bad. <clears throat> the inside guys, they had kind of a committee going on. So I, you could give them a pass, a little bit of a, a, little bit of a pass, because they had a committee, the heavy rotation. So that's going to take any one of their numbers down. But you don't want the back guys getting a bunch of tackles. Follow up on that. In the spread offenses where the ball is uh, quickly getting to the, to the perimeter and the fact that tempo is so fast, does that play into this a little bit, what happened last year, in that maybe you do need to platoon it a little bit to stay fresh and the cornerbacks are going to be in positions to tackle the ball more now? If, if you can do it, do it. Um, it's just kind of what your personnel is. I'm, I'm of the mindset is if you have a guy who is a, a, just a, a beast, he needs to be on the field. And he needs to be on the field the whole time. And um, so it's just kind of what, what your personnel is. I hate it coming off the field. And I would I only come off the field, you know, a series or two here or there, but I hated it. I wanted to be on the field the whole time. Bronco Mendenhall specifically said he wants a guy like Wani Unga, who had 140 plus tackles, uh, on the field this year. And so it, it would appear that he wants to move away from the platoon. Uh, and there were a rash of injuries too. It was just it was an ugly scene last year, yeah. and it was unfortunate. He wants a guy. So let's look at the personnel that he has this year. Who's the guy that can be Mr. Consistency for Bronco this year? 
Uh, that's a good question. If you look at talent, I'd say the guy that could get to a number like that, in my opinion, would be Harvey Lange. I think uh, just talent-wise. But um, but then you talk about consistency, and so that's where it's going to come back to. I think I think I mean I don't want to put words in Broncos' mouth, um, but I think the bigger issue there, <clears throat> excuse me, is is leadership. I mm. think he wants a guy, a presence. You know, he kind of misses that Cameron Jensen, who who Bronco loves, and we we all love. Cameron was awesome. Um, the general. The general. I mean, the guy's legendary, but. I think Bronco kind of misses that 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 guy who's out there, who's the field general, who's barking, who's yelling, who's getting tackles, interceptions, sacks, and is loud and demonstrative. It's it's hard to be that guy if you're not good enough as a player. Oh, you can't be. Right? That. It's you st- can't. It, it starts with it's not that. just hard. It's impossible. <laughs> it's you have impossible. to have credibility. Yeah. If you don't have credibility, you can't be a field general. There's just it just doesn't happen. So I'm wondering if, like, I, I look at the guys that are there. I'm not I'm not sure that there's that guy quite yet. Maybe maybe someone Heater, Longy, JLD, Pikula. Maybe one of those guys develops. But I hope they do. I, I think that we'll probably have a similar kind of platoon experience this year. That's what it looks like with the inside guys at yeah. least. I think on the outside it's more more clear cut. But who knows? We'll see. Who do you think the next star is from the linebacker group overall? It can be inside or Fred outside. Warner. Fred? Oh, yeah. No question. Why do you say that so quickly? Oh, just because he's, I mean, he's got the full package, you know, size, speed, instinct. He works hard. He listens. I mean, he is, he's legit. He's a real deal. Who does I hope he his back heals up, and uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to watch him. Who does he remind you of? Um, you know, he's, he's all of us, better than all of us. I don't know. Um, he's got, you, you named, you know, some of the outside linebackers have been here in years past and, and we're all similar. Um, but we all have kind of different attributes. And so Fred's no different. Um, you know, what the guys that you named like Kyle and, and David Nixon and Colby Clawson and myself and Jordan Pendleton before he got derailed by injuries. Um, kind of the thing that, that brings all of us together is, is athleticism. That's kind of the common thread. And then we all had kind of different strengths and weaknesses, but um, it's just athleticism. So you look at Fred, and he's just just a smooth, fluid, phenomenal athlete. And so that just he, – he's going to do well. He's going to make big plays. Brian Keel with us in Studio B gives his nod of approval to Fred Warner, who will join us uh, in about eight minutes on BYU Sports. Nice. He saw Fred in the hallway, so he's like, oh, man, I better say Fred. Never talk him up. <laughs> That's, that talk up my boy. That happens. <laughs> Look at last year, um, and we've talked about injuries and the different uh, concerns Oof. that Bronco Mendenhall dealt with and Nick Howell as the defensive coordinator. Uh, what was the number one thing missing last season from BYU having the usual defense that, that we have come to expect under a Bronco Mendenhall coached team? Uh, you know, I don't know if I could say there's one thing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple. I think the biggest thing is edge. Okay, and it's, it's up here. It was not physical. It was not anything. And the injuries killed us. Don't get me wrong. They killed us. But it wasn't the biggest thing. I'm going to say edge. And if you, if you take that and break that into a couple categories, it's confidence. We didn't have confidence. Um, we didn't have fight. We didn't have just a killer instinct. Just a, we're going to step on your throat. You're not getting a first down. It's third and five. We're getting off the field. They didn't have that. And then the other, the other aspect of it that they were really lacking was knowledge, and it's, it's, it's twofold. There's a knowledge of our defense, 
knowing what in the crap you're supposed to do <laughs> on any given play. Pretty elementary, but a lot of times we didn't. And, and, and you need that first. Then when you have that, you need to know what they're going to do, whoever it is you're playing. And the guys that I played with, we had those two things. We knew what we're supposed to do. And we knew what they were about to do. And so we could beat them to the point. Even if we were a little bit slower in a position than they were, we knew where they were going. And we're smart. We took good angles. We got there. The guys last year, they didn't know what in the crap they were doing. <laughs> and they didn't know what the, the, the other team was doing. And it showed. It was easy to – I mean, it was evident. It's and it was painful to watch. And it was tough because despite all of these things, injuries, not having the edge that you talked about, BYU was still in – they had six games decided by – one possession or less. That's the shame three of it. And three. That's the shame of it. Nevada, UCF, and Memphis. That's if the you shame can of it. go two and one in those and maybe go five and one, it's That's a 10 win season. So that brings us to 2015. This is a tougher schedule. You're playing some <laughs> legit teams on this. Should the program standard for win expectation in a given season depend on who you play? Or is it still 10 no matter what? That's, a good, qu- that's a good question. Um, the, the standard doesn't change. I think, so in, think- hind- in hindsight, especially as fans, you have to realize if you're playing 12 powder puffs, okay, then you have higher expectations. If you're playing 12, you say we're playing 12, I don't even know the term. I was about to say BCS. but Power what's five. Power five. Mm-hmm. I'm dating myself now, but <laughs> you're so, I can't, oh, you're I can't so keep seven, up. You're so seven, man. <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't keep up with it. Anyway, if you're playing 12 power five teams – then you have different expectations. But the standard is – you want to know what our standard is? To win every single time we take the field. That's our standard. So guess what? Unless we go 12-0, and 0, we're underachieving. There, and there's That's quite a the standard. There's a difference between expectations and goals or, or there's standards. There's a huge difference. And there's, there's also a difference in how you respond. You, know, you set goals. You work your tail off to achieve them. And then you adjust whether you do or don't. If you reach your goals, that doesn't mean, oh, okay, sweet, now I can relax. No. Then you set better goals and you, and you adjust and you go on. When you don't reach your goals, you, you analyze, you say, what, what happened? What did we do wrong? Why didn't we reach our goals? And you adjust and you go on. Either way. But a lot of fans have these expectations. We don't quite reach them. We don't quite reach our expectations. expectations. We, we don't quite reach them, and <laughs> oh, the season's over. Oh, we lost to Utah State. We can't go undefeated anymore. The season's over. And then the that, sky is falling. That ballooned into a four-game losing streak because it was like, well, oh, what's the point? Oh my goodness, now? dude! And and don't get me wrong. No, there's nobody out there that was as as heartbroken as I was when we lost to Utah I, State. I witnessed it. I witnessed it. Oh, heartbroken. Anyone... But I, the season wasn't over. We still, to my count, had, I don't know, what was it, six or seven, seven or eight left. or games? I don't remember. Games left. Eight, season nine, wasn't over. It was frustrating. It was disappointing. It was heartbreaking. But there's a huge difference between those words and the season is over. Okay. I've been screaming from the mountaintop of this microphone in Studio B <laughs> that if Taysom Hill remains healthy the entire season – BYU will win 10 games. This I year? feel like he is that dominant a of a player. I think so. Are you with me on that, or do you think I'm nuts? This coming season? If he's I'm with healthy. You. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Here, yes. put these back on. <laughs> I like these glasses. Has anyone told you that you look like Vin Diesel, especially with I've that shirt that. on? I've heard Dominic that. Dominic Toretto? I've heard that. It's like really, you know, really close right now. I get right him, and I get both guys from those movies. I get him and The Rock. 
Yeah, you're a mix of Vin Diesel <laughs> and, the rock. and The Rock. And The Rock. I need a little more up in the shoulders. I get everything, man. I get Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant? <laughs> I don't really see that you're one. way better looking than Kobe Bryant. I get Tim Howard, the soccer guy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, I yes. see that one. I get Jason yes. Taylor. Jason Taylor's really spot on, too. I get basically anybody that's bald-headed and brown. So, <laughs> and there are a plethora. Mark you want to know who else I get Mark all the time? Which is, this is comical. This kind of goes to show, sorry BYU fans, but I'm putting you on blast here. Not all brown people look the same. Okay? <laughs> I get Kyle Van Oy, Brandon Davies, <laughs> no. and Cody Hoffman all the time. Uh, All often, three of those guys. Hoffman a tiny bit. Come on. A little. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. resemblance, yeah. but I'm, I'm also like 30 pounds bigger than him. So, or 20, That's I don't know. 20, dude. 20 pounds. <laughs> but no, I, but I, don't, I don't think I really look anything like Kyle. But I get Kyle. I got Brandon Davies. I'm only six inches shorter than him. Oh, so I like the Jason Taylor comparison. I like it, too. I like yeah, it. That's the that one I'm going with. I, li- I like that one. I'm that going with that one. His name is Brian Keel, people, and he's in Studio B. This has been a really entertaining interview. I don't, I don't want it to end. Um, okay, but we, ha- we have to go back to the schedule because I, lo- I love your strong opinions on anything and everything. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I don't come weak in here. <laughs> you didn't on the field either. No. What's BYU's toughest game? Approaching on the 2015 schedule, uh, I, I have three picks. I don't know because I, I don't three know who it's going to be. I don't know who's going to be good. Really but I mean, right, I mean right now, it's, it's Michigan, Nebraska, or Missouri. I don't know who's going to be the best out who of you, those three. Well, right now, who do you think's the toughest? Um, you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, oh. It, we play UCLA next year? Yeah, at UCLA. And they're, okay. prob- they're the highest they projected their, ranked team. They lost their they lost quarterback. Lost yep, to the Packers. To Sky Povey's Packers. So looking at that schedule, um, I'm going to say either at Michigan, not because Michigan's good, but I do respect Harbaugh, and I think, I think he's going to turn them around. And by week four, maybe he's got to Yeah, it would be different if it was week one. Um, I don't think Missouri is great. They went, they've won the SEC West the last two years, haven't they? Yeah. That's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You kind of came weak on this one. Well, it's the thing is, is it's predictions, okay? Right. So it's like it's dude, it's May, and we're on a sports know, talk show, so bro. Be, this is what the we thing. do. You should respect this because it'd be really easy for me to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, that team's going to be the toughest game next year." Who knows? I don't know. We just guess, bro. So I'll go with – so I'll, I'll throw out a prediction. <clears throat> I think the toughest team of all those is going to be UCLA. Okay. That's a good pick. I mean, seriously. Like, they, they're in some preseason polls, top ten team. Yeah. Who knows what they'll be. I think they'll be good. If they, if they weren't losing their quarterback, who's a really good player, they would be then that, it, would be, it, would be, it would be a no-brainer. They'd be the toughest team that we're playing next year. Yeah. But. Brian, when are you coming on the show again, man? <sighs> Ask and you shall receive. You we need to tomorrow? mark this down. We need to set up like an appointment thing, like Ask. almost like a haircut where you Ask. just come back. Yeah. It's like yeah. a haircut. I get a haircut That's every other issue. day. <laughs> so That's good stuff. Hey, great to have you, man. Thanks, fellas. Up next. Not sure how we're going to top that. Oh, I have an idea. How about the man that Brian Keel feels like will be the next stud at the linebacker future. at BYU? Fred Warner. Plus. Sports Illustrated releases their post-spring top 25. BYU's in it. What? Where? We'll tell you next. Oh, yeah. A loaded BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this.
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Moving pictures on BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. Coming up tonight, softball takes on Oregon at 8 Eastern time. You can watch it, the NCAA Regional, from Eugene on the on Pac-12.com. It's the NCAA tournament, and BYU is facing the number two team in America, who, oh, by the way, the Cougars beat last year when they were ranked number two in 2014. One in Provo, lost in Eugene, so they'll have to bring it. Let's go. Hey, we have some big-time BYU Sports Nation headlines today, starting with breaking news from Sports Illustrated. They released their post-spring top 25. BYU comes in at number 23 in front of LSU. And Oklahoma State. Is there anything interesting about BYU specifically? I haven't read it yet. Oh. <laughs> BYU was a dark Yeah, We'll tweet that uh, out. Fred Warner's going to be really good. I think it says something like that. The fact of the matter is they're number 23 in any top 25. BYU's respected. Is there, good news. There's respect for BYU's program. You return a senior quarterback. That gets the attention of the nation. Baseball at Santa Clara. The Cougars seeking out a West Coast Conference tournament spot. They need to win two games to guarantee that. I want more than that. You can listen to uh, that game on, nine, uh, on BYU Radio 9 Eastern Time. Men's soccer lost 4-2 in penalty kicks last night in the U.S. Open Cup to Harpo's FC. Uh, they continue PDL play next Thursday. Men's volleyball hiring former player Lucas Slabe to replace the retired Mike Wilton on the coaching staff. Now back to uh, that guy you just mentioned that may or may not be in this. Uh, Another lookalike. Yeah. <laughs> Top 25 discussion. <laughs> Fred Warner, sophomore linebacker of BYU. Fred, welcome back to Studio B, man. man. It is great to be back. I can't believe it's been, like a, it's been like a year since it's you been were been a here. year. Yeah, I came here the very first day I got here. What in the world? You were, as Brian Logan would say, you were just off that yellow bus. Just right off of it. Just right off of that yellow bus. I was bus. right off the yellow van. <laughs> and here we are. Your mom was in studio stuff. last yeah, time. Yeah, my mom was here. Yeah. No, no kidding. You just got back from Southern California in the BYU Fan Fest. Yep. Uh, we saw some of your coaches tweeting out pictures of them surfing, yep. which is a discussion in and of itself. Okay. Interesting. How was Southern California? Your home? Amazing. It was only one day, but it was it was a great one day. You know, it was just like vacation. Uh, got to meet a lot of fans and spend time with some of the football players and basketball players. Fun. How was the reception from the fans? The reception? What do you mean? Like meaning, like how did they treat you? Were there a lot of people there? What was there was that? a lot of people. A lot of people were like, "So, what's your name? What position do you play?" Like, I'm Kyle Van Noy. What, no, what number are you? Yeah, it's like, are you Kyle Van Noy? Are you still here? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm different. You know, I changed numbers, this, this, that. So, People you know. asked you who you were? That's all right. They'll, they'll know who you, you know, are after yeah. this season, right? Yeah. It's only been a year. It's I've been, got, I, didn't, I haven't done that much. Because you got hurt. Yeah. Speaking of, how, are, how is your health? My health is amazing. I feel great. No my, cast? No cast. My hands are free. You know, I'm getting the range of motion back in my wrists. Uh, my back feels awesome right now. I've been running, doing all the workouts. So, you know, there's a picture of it right there gnarly scar but uh i feel really good right now i'm excited about this upcoming season and what i can do now your, in, your injury list included a fractured back correct and sorry what a broken <laughs> wrist okay that that's quite the freshman campaign now yeah. when you had your broken wrist we learned that y- you waited to tell somebody about that correct notably kelly papinga who talked about that and gave us his unfiltered feelings about that. I, I saw that, yeah. In Studio B. Let's, let's relive <laughs> that moment from Kelly Papinga. 
Yeah, and then his wrist, he also broke his wrist during the year, and he never told anybody. Good grief. And then we get, <laughs> we get into January, and he's like, yeah, I think I broke my wrist. And we're like, okay, well, that would have been nice to know back when you broke it. <laughs> so we could have fixed it then. But here in the week or two, I think he'll be ready to go, 100% ready to go. Here's your chance to respond to that. Well, in my defense, uh, <laughs> during fall camp, it was during a scrimmage. It happened. You know, I fell, and I didn't really – I didn't think anything of it. It hurt. I thought it was just like a sprained wrist, and I was doing well. I don't want to take myself out, you know, and just be put at the back of the, the depth chart. So I just continued doing what I was doing, taped it up super tight, and then did my thing. But I don't know. It's good now. That's that's the important part. But I that says something to me about who you are, man. Yeah, man. I'm trying to play. Let's go. I'm trying to play some football, yeah. dude. Come on. How bad did that hurt? It would hurt a lot when I would, like, hit somebody a certain way. But, like, I would just, like, you know, pop it. I don't know. Do something. I'll just move it around and get back to normal. <laughs> I would just pop it. <laughs> I would just move it around. I don't it's know. A broken <laughs> wrist, man. <laughs> yeah. But like that bone is just so far in there, you can barely like not feel it. Like, but you know, it's just different. I guess. Wow. I don't know. Wow. Well, the fractured back thing is is crazy too because yeah. that happened against Nevada. The I fractured it in UNLV. It started hurting oh, oh, yeah, about yeah. Utah State. Like I got started getting like back spasms. I guess that's just because like my bar, my bone was trying to tell me like you know you need to like stop doing what you're doing. Your body speaks. My body to was you, speaking to me. Mm-hmm. You know it was telling me you know you need to stop. But I just kept going. I got an MRI and didn't, nothing showed up. So I just kept playing. And then finally when I got it hurt, you know, V, I got another MRI and casket, and they said fractured it right down the right down both sides. Okay, what's the recovery like for that? I had to be in a, a a back brace for about four months. Uh, I couldn't do anything. I could bike. That's about it. Do some stretching. Uh, do some upper body, but not much. You, know, you just have to let it heal. Sometimes it doesn't heal, and then you have to get surgery. But luckily, in my case, didn't have to do that. Wow. So, so are you, healed now. What, are you fully? When will you be 100% healthy? You think? I think by fall camp, everything should be 100% full go. Awesome. That's the best news ever. Full go. And you just got the endorsement from Brian Keel. So yeah. 100% Fred Warner in his sophomore year. And you're looking at a 2015 schedule that is, let's be honest, it's, it's a gauntlet. It's awesome. And there are some amazing opponents on that schedule. Uh, why and how will the linebackers be better and ready for that type of schedule in 2015? Uh, right now, I feel like the two factors that are probably biggest for us right now is this off-season training. I feel like we're competing really hard with what we're doing right now with our new conditioning coach. Um, and so we're working hard right now early in the morning. And then uh, having uh, Coach Mendenhall back at the helm, I feel like that's going to be really good for us discipline-wise because last season I feel like there was guys like, you know, nonchalant doing their own thing sometimes. But now I feel like we're just going to be exact in everything we do. Uh, guys are learning a lot right now, you know, with the playbook, and I'm I'm learning. I'm still learning, you know. I'm still young, um, so just a lot of things here and there. Do you oh. want to talk about elite? Oh, a what? E- elite. Oh, elite. I, I would love you, to actually. I know uh, you have an opinion on this. Go I do. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, so everybody out there, I just want to let all BYU Sports Nation know that uh, <laughs> Mitch Matthews is an elite receiver. Yes. <laughs> this man right here does not think so. I don't know what's wrong with him. Well, right. Do you understand the premise of the conversation? He, you think he's elite right now. I, if the season started today, he would be elite. Yes, he'd be I, elite. I, I think he's right there among the national receivers to be elite. 
I think oh, you need man. a thousand. You need at least a thousand yards to be elite. Nationally. I feel like just the way he competes and his just athleticism, his size, everything is just. He's a freakish athlete. Oh, I agree with all of these premises, <laughs> except for the official crowning. No, he's, yet. he's made plays on game day to establish him as elite, I, I think, believe, okay. from what and, I've seen. And you have a pretty good angle in practice. Yes. Yes. Ex- exactly. This past spring, I, didn't, I was right there on the sideline watching, just like, oh, that was a nice catch. Mitch Matthews. We did have the same angle during spring. But I mean, like, in, <laughs> in fall camp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fall you, camp. You, you saw it. Yeah. No, listen, the dude's really good. Uh, right. I, I think if he has, I don't even know what the numbers are, but I mean nationally, like people talk about you, you they know who you are, right? Okay, he's right there. Okay, I think we'll know in September quickly, right? Against those really good games, mm-hmm. if he's elite or not. You think? I think he's elite right now. Okay, you know, but I feel I feel your side. You know, let I, him fly yeah. under the radar Whatever. from a yeah, national perspective. Ra- right now, he has. <laughs> Not being under that microscope gives him, like, I think a better advantage because then he's not, you know, pressured. He just can go in there and do his thing, you know? That's true. So. No, I expect him to have an elite season. Yeah. I'm just not going to call him elite till I see the elite stats. Shout out, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it makes it look like I think Ma- Mitch Matthews stinks. <laughs> like, I think he's super good. He's a, no, 50- you know. he's a 503 dude. You think he should be a, a second stringer? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do, okay, now you have... A little bit of pressure yourself to be kind of the next big thing. Do you uh-huh. feel this? Oh, yeah. I feel it a lot. Uh, people are always talking about, you know, how I need to be the next Kava Inouye. I need to do this, this, that. And it's great. You know, I, I don't really pay attention to it too much because I feel like my expectations for the seasons are just so high. Like, they're out there that nobody can touch what I'm looking for. In the elite know, season. In the elite season, yes. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Last question for you, Fred. Let's hear it. BYU in Oregon. The question everybody wants to ask. <laughs> Softball regional tonight. Who you got? BYU all the way. <laughs> I bleed Cougar Blue. Come on now. That is the correct I thought answer. the BYU-Oregon subject was going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but uh, yeah. let's just keep that yeah. for another day. Yeah, that's oh, right. yeah. Well, hey, we're just surface level. We're just surface level. <laughs> I don't even know where you thought that was going to go. No. This was an elite interview, Fred Warner. Man, thanks. You have nice hair, by the way, too. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to. Are you Kyle Van Noy? No, he's Fred Warner, no, man. No, come on, man. Yeah, see? Who else do you get for look like? Uh, Kyle... Celebrity wise, I don't know the hair. O- Odell Beckham. Oh, Odell. Yeah. okay, I like yeah. it. Not, like not really, it. Like not really facial feet, just the yeah. hair. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I can't catch footballs like him. <laughs> I'm not on the Madden. You did cover. against Boise State. That was, that was yeah. good. That was yeah. good. So, All right, my man. Good stuff. Thanks, man. Let's so, keep it real. Yeah. And elite. Fred Warner bringing it to Studio B. Who do you think will make the most impact from the linebacker position? Next season. I changed my answer to Fred. (laughs) (laughs) For taking your tweets next on BYUSN. He's the AP of the defense. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I'm Spencer Linton teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It's game day. For baseball and softball. Softball tonight, 8 Eastern time against Oregon in the NCAA Regional. And then baseball against Santa Clara, 9 Eastern time. Listen to that on BYU Radio. Okay. Those are two fun interviews, by the way. Brian Keel and Fred Warner. Those dudes are awesome. Yeah, we're trying to keep the energy up after that. I love Fred. So we brought up Elite with Fred Warner because I saw him in the student-athlete building one day, and he's like, Jeremy, you're killing me. You're killing me. Mitch is elite. So he's been on that bandwagon forever. <laughs> Who, whose corner are you in? I did get, I get a good shot Jeremy in Jeremy and though. Johnny Linehan we- or Fred Warner and Spencer Linton? 
Uh, it's me and Mitch Matthews as well about Mitch Matthews. Of course he's going to say. He wants to stay under the radar. If you're elite, you people know who you are and you're out there. There's no staying under any radar. If well. Listen, if I was an elite receiver, I would. here's how I would answer that. If I was who Mitch. knew who Kevin White was, dude? I would go like this. That's my point. He will become elite and then he will be known. No, he was listen. elite before the season started. Keep going. Keep going. Keep oh, man. going. Man, we could go. Oh. <laughs> Do we have another hour? <laughs> if I were Mitch, I would have said this. Oh. Yes, I think I'm elite. I've worked extremely hard. I think I can better my stats to get the attention of the people who aren't watching our games. But if you watched your game, our games, I felt like there were times where I was dominant. And I need to be even more dominant with this 2015 schedule. I'm Mitch Matthews. I'm from the 503. I'm going to have three touchdowns against Nebraska. Are we role-playing right now? That's how I would have answered That's that. That's how you would have answered that. And I, then after, if he had answered that way, then would you have said, okay, you are elite? And say, no, you still need to go and, <laughs> go and do it. Which BYU linebacker will have the elite impact oh this God. year? We need T-shirts to say elite, man. <laughs> At, let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. What are we doing here? Sports At content. Ryan underscore Hall 30. I like Warner and Taki Taki. Both had great games as freshmen last year. I have high hopes going forward. I think everyone thinks Fred Warner is going to be a star. And then Taki Taki has star potential. Look what he That's did. how I evaluate it Six right now. Six days after he was, frankly, should have been sidelined with a really serious injury, he had a pick six against Boise State. He didn't want to come out the field. Well, he said it was UNLV. We thought it was Nevada. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. So the next couple weeks. But still, he had a wrist injury. He told us essentially he broke his wrist in fall camp. But he said it was hurting like he was having back spasms and like he had taped up his wrist. I love that about him, and I'm really happy that he's getting healthy. He he thought, <laughs> yes. And he was a freshman, a true freshman. I think uh, getting healthy in the offseason, he could have a, a legit season. And BYU needs him at the outside linebacker spot to make plays, baby. At... Oh, we have another one from at T off underscore B underscore one. He's back. T off B one. He says, right. I like Longy inside. So the Warner outside Longy inside combo. And then he says, triple deke bash brothers, <laughs> a mighty ducks reference. Yeah. Bureau's got some talent in there. Can they be consistent? Can they, you know, know what, know what the crap they're doing? Said Brian Keel, which was awesome this Tell season. Us, he never he never doesn't tell us how he really feels. He's great. He, <laughs> there are a couple guys in BYU sports that always have a really strong opinion. Tavernari, Brian and Keel. Keel. Yeah, Those two guys. That was great stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know that Brian has a strong opinion about when BYU opens the season. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. One, 14. In, in two weeks from today, 100 days. Oh, snap. Wow. Husk that corn. It was 260-something when we started this last time, right? Yeah. I Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's May 14th. It's been a fun show. Man. Penalty kicks, NCAA tournaments, and new hires. All the news with the Cougar Whip Round next on a loaded edition of BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Sports Illustrated just released its post-spring top 25, and BYU is number 23. UCLA is 8th, Boise State 15th, Missouri 17th, Michigan the 15th out. Baseball. 
BYU begins the final series of the regular season against Santa Clara tonight. The Cougars need to win two games this weekend to secure a West Coast Conference tournament spot. Listen to Game 1, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Softball. The Cougars and Oregon Ducks tangle in the Eugene NCAA Regional tonight, 8 Eastern. You can watch it on Pac-12.com. Uh, it's a double elimination four-team regional with Fresno State and North Dakota State as well. Good luck. Soccer. After 120 minutes of scoreless soccer, BYU lost 4-2 to in penalty kicks to Harpo's in the U.S. Open Cup. The Cougs play next Thursday in Albuquerque. Men's volleyball. Chris McGowan has hired former player Luca Slabe to replace the recently retired Mike Wilton on his coaching staff. Slabe played for the Cougars from 2000 to 2003. Isn't it Slabe? Track and field. Uh, <laughs> today marks day two at the last chance invitational at Brigham Young University. It is really Golf. called that. Jordan Rogers is in Waco, Texas, representing BYU in the NCAA Regionals. Rogers has a se- has seven top 20 finishes this year. Tomorrow on the show, Sean Olmstead, head coach of BYU Women's Volleyball, bringing his bling to Studio B. Sweet new ring that he's rocking. Which brings us to today's Rise and Shout, brought to you by Dexter and Dexter, helping you need it the most, DexterLaw.com. We give it to Women's Volleyball. Check this out. We'll, we'll t- I tweeted this out last night. But for their West Coast Conference title and national runner-up, they got these rings that Sean Olmstead told me, and we'll have him bring it in studio tomorrow. Very similar, like copied the same model as the 2012 Alabama Football National Championship rings. They look amazing. It is posh. I looked at those and thought, if we sell those, maybe we'll be able to afford the stipends, right? <laughs> those things are diamond encrusted. They look amazing. Those look so good. We'll tweet out a link to this. Yeah, oh, we're going to get an up close and Ooh. high definition tomorrow. On BYU Sports Nation. I, I think wa- he's bringing one for the set. I want to read this, this tweet no, from at uh, Laser Sheep in, in reference to Brian Keel on the set. Rock Diesel. Should that be his new name? Rock Diesel? Yeah, for Vin Diesel and, and The Rock. It's pretty good, it's pretty good combo. I think it's a little late for that. But hey, thanks to Brian Keel, Fred Warner, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Which BYU linebacker will have the biggest impact this year? Join the conversation anytime you like. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Matt Bauman. We're back to work at noon Eastern tomorrow.